Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. All right, it's 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. We're serving toast. It's Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino here with you to talk. Uh, we're going to do a lot of NFL talk today. We'll touch some college football, but it's uh, it's your favorite, Amo. It's NFL football. Don't try and lie to us and tell us, you know, you're an I NFL love all guy. football. I like high school. I like watching Pop Warner kids run around. I like all football. Lingerie football. You know, I saw that on my satellite dish a couple of weeks ago. Swear to God, I'm flipping through those Fox channels. And, like, uh-huh. these chicks can actually play. Like, the, the, these girls are throwing darts and catching the ball, but they're doing it in pads are you really going to act like you, – you're going to really act like you haven't watched that every week it's been on? Is I swear to God. I, it was the first time I really saw a game played. My wife and Oh, don't bring God into me. this, man. Don't bring him in, all right? <laughs> Leave him out of this. Oh, right. it was uh, weird. We're very pleased. <laughs> We got a we, listen. We got a, a a a new segment. We need to talk about the new segment we're gonna have on the show today. Certainly can't leave that out. Um, it's not every show on Blog Talk Radio. We may be the only show on Blog Talk Radio to have an NFL Hall of Famer segment on there. Uh, but that's us. Not everybody gets pranked by Howard Stern. Not everybody has a Hall of Fame uh, football player doing a weekly segment. But it's us, Amo. I mean, what? How what cool would it be if Howard Stern pranked us when he was on? Because I'll tell you one thing: that wouldn't work out for Stern because he might hunt them down. Well, it's funny, you know. I was listening to um, the Warren Sapp actually was on the Howard Stern show this year. Ironic enough, and I didn't get a chance to go through the whole uh, interview that he had with him. But you know, Howard Stern, um, his biggest strength is his interview skills because he has no filter, he has no borders, there are no barriers, he's touching any subject. He could go anywhere from uh, how are your kids to uh, a whole segment with just about anyone on on anal sex. So yes. uh, it looked like it was going to be a very, very interesting interview. And when we're done with our show today, I'm going to hop back on, on you know, unless Sap wants to touch on that at all. But Did you Warren used to Sapp, watch Stern when he was on WOR when you were younger? I you know what I'm as a you know transplant New Yorker to Florida for somehow I gravitated to that show and also I think I was a I was a teen so you know he would he would cross the line a lot he'd have females on there scantily clad so that drew me there first yeah it, I it, got is, older. it is teen humor but I will say there was a period of time when he was on cable after that when I was married. My wife and I would watch a show at 11 o'clock at night, and one of the funniest interviews I ever saw the guy have, he had the lead singer from Three Dog Night on there, and he spent 20 minutes mm-hmm. talking to him about the time he ended up in the ER when a vein in his penis exploded from having too much sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> 
Howard Stern finds those things extremely entertaining, as we all do, but the biggest thing is that he is not at all afraid to talk about those things in depth with any and everyone. He'll bring the queen on, and we'll talk to her about her first sexual experience. It's awesome. I hope to get to that point someday where I just absolutely don't pull any punches and don't think about what anyone thinks. That's how you become the king of all media. It's just as simple as that, Amos. So, uh, For those of you tuning in, Warren Sapp will join us here in about 15 minutes on the Gridiron Stud Show, and it's our Straight Talk with Warren Sapp segment. Um, Speaking of not pulling any punches, uh, Warren has never, ever been a guy to pull any punches. He gives it to you straight, so it's only uh, right that we name his segment on the Gridiron Stud Show Straight Talk with Warren Sapp. <clears throat> so we'll talk some NFL college and, you know, pretty much whatever Sapp wants to bring up here on the show because I'm sure we'll fly off of the beaten path a little bit. Well, he's bigger than both of us, so he can, he can do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, I ain't afraid of that, dude. So, nevertheless, well, okay, uh, good well, to have a Hall could, of you could say that over You could say that over your phone line. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, we locked up a couple times. I'll give you this quick story. When I came to Miami, he had actually, though I'm older than him and I was ahead of him class-wise, he had been there before me a whole semester. When I came to Miami, I came in the spring semester of 1992. He came in the fall of 91. So in his eyes, in the eyes of some of the other freshmen who had just been through some form of initiation, I was a freshman to him. And... Uh, one of the initiations back then, I don't know if they still do it, is that they skin you bald. Okay, take all your hair off. That's the initiation. So well, that's in these days, uh, but I guess it wasn't back then, huh? Yeah, well, who knows? Warren Sapp and another guy we had on the team who was a freshman at the time named James Stewart, one of the best specimens you'll ever see in your life, um, decided they were going to initiate me. They needed to do this to someone else, and the new guy was going to be that guy. And somehow I found myself in their dorm room one day, and they decided this was going to be the time. And between the two of them, Sap probably approaching 285 or so at the time, and James Stewart, six foot three, 248 pounds probably at the time, two of probably the strongest people you could have on the team, decided they were going to hold me down and get the clippers out, and they were going to skin my head bald. So I was going to walk around campus bald. Now, mind you, I, already, I, I was already a freshman at another school. already did that whole freshman initiation thing. I'm not doing that again. I'm not going right. through that again. So these two dudes hold me down. And it was probably one of the more proudest moments of my life. Because <laughs> growing up as a kid in Pembroke Pines, we didn't, have, we didn't have the video games. We didn't have anything like that. All we did was lift weights. Me and, you know, Ryan Collins, who was also a quarterback at the time. That's all we did. We were some of the strongest dudes in our neighborhood. And I'm telling you at that time, Emil, every weight I ever lifted came into play on that day. Because I'm <laughs> shoving and pushing these guys off. And um, and Sapp was friends with Ryan Collins. And there's one time he got right on top of me and I bench pressed him off. And he says, oh, you about strong like that roomie of mine. I said, yeah, we come from the same town. Yeah, we don't have so any video games. <laughs> Oh, my God. And I swear to God, they're on top of me, and they turn the clippers on, and it's inches from my head. And I reach my left leg out and kick the clippers out of the – I kick the plug out of the socket. You were and like, you were like some the, guy in one of those Bond a, movies. Man, it we're, was we're, a death struggle. It was a death struggle. I mean, <laughs> it was like a – So let me ask you, did they clip your hair? They did not clip my hair when he reached back to put that thing back in. 
I got him off in, in, in every bit of agility ever in my life. I used to get out of that damn dorm room, and, and I ran like Farrah Fawcett in the burning bed, ran the hell out of that damn place, and didn't even look back. Full sprint. Now, I, I have and to admit, that that's an it. impressive story to, to, to get rid of two guys that size. I would have been really impressed if you told me. Then I flipped around, grabbed the clippers, and I sheared sap. No, well, he was already bald. It was nothing to oh, okay, well. Again, I think both of them dudes wasn't working with much on top on their dome. So they didn't get me. Now, the sad ending to that story is that I eventually got skinned, and it was at the hands of another guy. That's a story I'll have to share with you later. So they eventually got me bald. Who am I, this new guy, to come in there and not go through the initiation? So after a while, uh, I got outfoxed and then got outmuscled and uh, sported a bald head. So we'll save that for another well, time. We'll have, to save again, that. Again. we'll have to ask Sap about that when we get a few episodes in here so we can give him some time. I don't time even know if he knows about the time. I think he was a he little bit. Well, he probably wants he to forget about it. I mean, he outweighs you probably, <laughs> to, you know, by 120 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, if he does, I wonder if he does remember that or if he'll even own up to it. All right, Sap's before we get Sap on the show here, we do need to talk about uh, some stuff that went down last night. Emil, I had a pick on the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions, and it's one of those bad beat situations, all right? Now, mind you, I'm winning the game, point spread-wise, because I picked it. Seattle is not – it looked to me, Amo, like they were dominating but not dominating at the same time. Do you you catch my drift on that? Well, yeah, you felt felt that they were in control of the game, and then all of a sudden they weren't. And I I guess that's where I'm going to take you with this before we even go there, is I think your your Super Bowl pick – Maybe crap because I what I'm seeing from that Seattle offense and that line, that don't look at, like it like they're going to any Super Bowl to me. <laughs> hey, look, my Super Bowl pick is toast on both sides as of right now because Houston ain't going to well Baltimore. Baltimore's one and three, and Seattle though they're two and two have two wins against two of you know uh, some also rands mid 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 majors uh, of the NFC, and while they looked impressive against Chicago more defensively than anything else. That thing last night, offensively, the Seattle Seahawks don't have a wide receiver that can get open. Nope. At all. No. At all. And we can add Jimmy Graham to a list of high-profile free agents that are not panning out with their new teams. And I'm not ready to – I'm not blaming Jimmy Graham. He's just not in an offense where um, they can scheme guys open making him even more of a threat. He's not on an offense where guys can just create their own space as wide receivers. I mean, how many clips of the all-22, meaning they showed every player on the field last night, and it was a pass for the Seattle Seahawks, and nobody's open. DB's draped. He's a towel on, on a and it, Well, right it's now. also hard to run an offense in general when, when you know your quarterback's getting dropped five and six times every game because that just tells you if he's getting dropped that much – that means there's consistent pressure even when he's not getting sacked. So it means that patterns aren't going to be able to develop anyway. No one's going to be able to get yeah. down the field. Yeah, and, and they kept running the zone read, and it wasn't working on their defensive ends. And forget the end from BYU that just kept trashing it every time they ran it. And I think he caused two fumbles last night on Russell Wilson, a person who uh, really does take care of the football. And one of those ended up being the death knell for me because it fumbled and uh, popped around on the ground, and sure enough, Detroit Lions player picks it up, runs it in the end zone, 13 to 10. Well, you knew at you were done point, at 13, right? You knew that once they got to 13, Seattle wasn't scoring again. Uh, I wouldn't have necessarily said so because I always hold out hope in a Seattle Seahawks game that 
their defense will either score or force some kind of activity or fumble uh, deep in an opponent's end zone that puts the ball right there and then they score, they kick a field goal, or they get another touchdown. I always hold out hope for that when I pick the Seahawks, but um, I knew they weren't going to drive the length of the field again. Well, let's talk. That wait, you know happen. what? Let's save that part because you know I hope he saw it. I'd like to ask Sap about what went down at the goal line because that leads me into a whole conversation about that specific rule and just the NFL rule book in general, which in my opinion now resembles the IRS code. I I think most people don't even, including the referees apparently, don't know most of the rules in the NFL. Yeah, all right, so there was a problem with the bat. When I saw the ball get batted out of the end zone, I said to myself, okay, I I don't think you can do that. You can do it if you're a punter. In other words, if you're punting and your punt gets blocked. You can kick the ball out of the end zone because the other team is going to get awarded points, so so that's fine. But you can't do it <laughs> without being penalized and no no points changing hands or something. So you're 100% right. You can't just do that. <laughs> well, now, why is that even a rule? Because what? What do you want the guy to do? He could go back there and pretend like he was trying to corral the ball or something like that and just have it, you know, mistakenly go off his hands through the back of the end zone. He could have... Cr- he could have grabbed the ball and just laid down there in the end zone. It would have been the same deal. So Well, he didn't want deal? to lay down because if, if he doesn't secure the ball, as he even said this, in other words, if it hits off my foot and keeps bounding around, they recover it. It's a touchdown. So what he thought is, hey, I'll knock it out of the end zone. And I, I think, well, he didn't know the rule. I think my team gets it on the 20. My problem with that rule, and I know, I know how you stand because you love def- rules that favor the defense, if I'm running mm-hmm. down the field and I, f- I fumble at the five-yard line and it goes out of bounds at the one, the ball comes back to the spot of my fumble and I, get the, I keep the ball because no one recovered it. By sheer mm-hmm. happenstance, if the ball rolls another 36 inches and hits the pylon, all of a sudden the other team who did nothing, they didn't recover it, they get the ball on the 20-yard line. To me, that's just a dumb rule. Um, yeah, and, and didn't we have a situation with with a pylon last week? Did we not? We had a situation where a ball or a ball was fumbled through an end zone. Didn't we have something like that? We had it ha- we had it in, in this game. It, it happens frequently in a weekend of college and pro football. You'll usually see one or two games where a guy's going into the end zone, the ball is jarred loose, and it hits a pylon or goes through the end zone out to the twenty for the other team. And I just to me, it's the most egregious penalty in football. You could work the ball 90 yards down the field, and again, if the defense doesn't recover the fumble and it goes out at that six-inch line, it's coming back to where you fumbled it. But if it rolls another six inches, which is just luck, it's going to come out to the 20 and go to the other team. It, to me, that for me personally, I can't wrap my mind around the logic of the rule. Yeah, and 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 well, there it is. A rule is a rule is a rule. Uh, I didn't get a chance. Well, you to had see a good week since you're already doing it. Talk about your picks. I mean, you had one loser, but you had a good week. Man, I, we don't have time to get in there. We'll do that later on in the show. Okay. But, you know, yeah, I had a good week, but man, I wanted my three and zero, and I didn't get it. So that's well, the deal. That's the you way. You still that. had a good week. Listen, you hit two out of three every week. That's great if you can keep doing it. Yeah. Well, we haven't been doing that in the NFL, but thank God we did come through 
with a uh, a good week for the fans at home. But you know, we we're we're warming up on this thing. We're gonna start hitting it on all cylinders here in just a minute. And uh, so good for us to turn it all in. Real quick before we go to the break, what do you think of Yank CC Sabathia checking himself into alcohol rehab at this point in time in the year? You got any quick thoughts on that? Well, I mean, he's only going to miss a game. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. To all my Yankee fans out there, I'm, I'm, kidding I'm, I'm going to apologize in advance for my man's just I'm kidding you. Uh, you, you know, I think I think it's a it's a tough situation for him. I mean, you, what do you do if you're if you're abusing alcohol? Give the guy credit for having the courage. I mean, truthfully, if you really look, were the Yankees going to pitch him much in the postseason? Let's say they keep going. They have t- uh, t- Tanaka. I would assume uh, they would use this this kid that's pitched very well for them. What's his name? Servino or. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, they've already got their top two. I mean, maybe I guess he slides in as a three, but. CeCe has not been the CeCe that we were used to three and four years ago. So I'm not sure it's that huge of a loss for the Yankees. They're kind of built from the bullpen forward. I mean, their strength is their bullpen. They just want a guy to get them to the fifth or sixth inning, and then they turn it over to the bullpen. Yeah, I wonder if he would have been used in any kind of a relief capacity. I mean, uh, or or I also wonder, did alcohol have anything to do with his rapid decline? the New York Yankee, or is it just time for CC to stop being a good pitcher? Um, I guess that'll all be left to Well, I mean, you got to give the guy credit for admitting, you know, he, he has an issue and he's addressing it. You know, I, I mean, I give the guy credit. That takes that takes some guts. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, if you're addicted to something, you, you, it doesn't fit life schedule. I mean, in other words, you can't say, well, I'm addicted to alcohol, but when the playoffs are over, I, I figure I'll get off it. It's probably... Oh, are you kidding me? People do that all the time. That's just uh, that's that's a normal thing to do to get that <laughs> stuff off. So, um, well, you know, like you said, kudos to him. It's a problem. He's addressing it. No plea gets the help that he needs and can uh, return to some kind of normal function there. All right, we got to take a break. When we get back, it's straight talk time with Warren Sapp and some more NFL talk here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. <laughs> Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Uh. 
to all you high school recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Back here on the Gridiron Stud Show, 1020, for you East Coasters, for you folks out on the West, it's early for you, but get the hell up. There's a whole day that's sitting here ahead of you, and uh, you need to get on it. But right now, it's me and you, Emil, and we're uh, talking NFL, but we're very happy to have a special special guest and new segment here on the show. i got to give you this quick, interesting story. Uh, that involves SAP. Not not necessarily a funny story. We'll save those for down the road. But I have this interesting story. Uh, I think it's 1993. We're playing West Virginia in the Orange Bowl. And this is a I love SAP story right here. I'm lined up in front of a guy who's appropriately named James Jett. I don't know if, I don't know if you remember him. I think he played for the, for the Raiders. Uh, and why wouldn't he in the NFL? But one of the fastest humans you could line up in front of. Oh, I remember him. Game. All right, so I'm lined up in front of James Jett. They're they're deep in their own territory, about the 20 yard line or something like that, and 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 the ball snapped, and it's man to man coverage, and he gets inside of me, and he runs the absolute worst route that you can have run on you by a fast guy in in, in any football game. It's he runs from the numbers on one side. And he runs like a post all the way across the field to the other numbers. And if you're as fast as that guy, it's a really tough cover, but he's faster than me, and very few people are faster than James Jett, so he's definitely faster than me, and he's hauling ass, Emil, and he's got two strides on me, and he ain't coming back, and I'm just, in my mind, right now, the ball, in my mind, that ball is already on its way, it's going to land in his hands in front of all these people at the Orange Bowl, including my mama, and it's going to land in his hands, he's going to catch it, and I'm not going to be able to catch him, and no one is, and he's going to run for forever yards and score a touchdown, and they'll talk about how I suck and all that. And as I'm chasing this guy, uh, I hear the crowd roar. And I know we're at home, so I'm like, damn, something good must have happened. I turn around, Warren Sapp's on top of the quarterback. And at that point, I'd only said I love one other man in my life, and that was my dad. But well, now, I, you, now you had two. I, I said I love Warren Sapp. And I jogged back to the damn huddle and hugged the guy. He probably didn't even know why, but, but uh, that's, that's what that was all about because he saved me from uh, some major embarrassment. I do remember field, James so. Jet, man, and that guy that guy was appropriately named because he was a Jet. Oh uh, yeah, he took off on me, and Warren Sapp saved my life. And with that, let's bring on our new segment that we have here on the Gridiron Stud Show. And now it's time for Straight Talk with Warren Sapp. I'll go sideways and I'll run you, Chuck. Are you kidding me? Giving it to you. 
the way you may not want it, but exactly the way that you do need it. Touching various topics on the pro football and college football gridiron. He just wanted the contract and the notoriety, but he didn't want the work. So don't be shy, because we know he won't be either. Straight talk now with Warren Sapp on the Gridiron Stud Show. You ain't never been fast in your life, so don't even worry about self or being fast. How's that for that bootleg intro, my brother? Oh, my goodness. I, I, I don't think I've ever said I love you to another man. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but I might have to say that. Well, that I'm telling you, finest, I'm proud to say on that night, intro. I loved you, my brother. That is, I, I love I like you. That. That's, a fine, that's the finest intro I've ever had. There you go, man. So, Well, you uh, saved him so the embarrassment, Warren. You, you saved him yes. the embarrassment. Of, no of no embarrassment there, brother. No embarrassment there. Yep. Sap, say hello to my co-host here, is Amo Calameno. I mean, probably one of the smartest fans I've ever had on here, and he's an he's an accountant. You know, I guess they're smart by nature. So, a uh, little quick introduction for the two of you there. Sap, man, well, I'm gonna uh, give it to you like this. I'm gonna straight call you AC because what was it Amo? Amo, you got it, Warren. But still AC. <laughs> I can get that. I yeah. get that. <laughs> you, there, there, there we go. go. You got a quick. AC, you got a quick nickname. Be, right now, AC. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is. A- AC. Well, now I'm gonna start calling him AC. AC well, sounds that, good to me. That's so, what I got you know, for him. Man's I name is AC. All right. But I like his AC. Well, look, the, the name of the the name of the segment is Straight Talk. So let's let's not waste any time with it. Uh, I don't even know where to start first. We get so much BS on a weekly basis uh, off of the gridiron, and there's so much media now that uh, well, let's start on one of your favorite subjects. Listen, uh, when you were playing, I thought you were. Uh, the best defensive line in the game, uh, defensive lineman in the game. Um, I still think you're that. Again, I'm gonna go back to the James Jet story, but everyone's talking about this J.J. Watt guy, and they've and, and like who's Warren Sapp and who's Michael Strahan. You buying the J.J. Watt is the best ever, or tell me where you stand on that. What was the score Sunday? <laughs> they had, they didn't have a whole lot of points, and the team they were playing did. I, I saw. I mean, at one point, I thought it was 35 nothing, wasn't it? It, uh, it 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 might have been. Damn it was. It ended up. It ended up. They scored forty-eight I looked up. It was thirty-five to nothing. We was got ready to go down because you know I happened to be inside of the great Raymond James Stadium and we were inducting Mike Allstott into the Ring of Honor last Sunday. But the Bucks didn't show up. But you know the, the you know the, the great <laughs> one showed up and we wanted to see another great one. You know, go up in the Ring of Honor and a well-deserved honor for Mike Allstott. So yes. I was yes, sitting there and definitely. I just happened to look up and it was 35. And I'm like, is the greatest defensive player we've ever seen in our lives playing in that game? Yeah, um, I yeah. think he was, man. And it's well, not that, working out. If that's out. the case, then I mean, I, forgive me, but. Hasn't Atlanta Falcons had trouble with the offensive line the last couple of years? Yeah, they, they have. Did. They've had quite yeah. a bit of trouble. Yeah. The, 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 the Atlanta Falcons, I told you, went four games last year, and they got six. I just missed them. Oh, I just missed them. But, I mean, this is what we're talking about. And, man, come on, man, stop it, man. We've had two defensive MVPs in the National Football League, and neither one of those two guys were unanimous defensive players of the year, but they were MVPs of the whole league. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So either it's, either something is wrong because that was Lawrence Taylor and Carella, and I know them two killers. Well, Warren, let me ask you something. Do you think part of it is – I mean, obviously, Sapp's a really good player. I mean, that's Sapp. Watt's a really good player. But don't you think that part of it is fans tend to focus on sacks because that's all they can understand? So they see him get well, these Justin big Houston sack Well, Justin Houston had 22 last year, and he doesn't get one vote? That's true. <laughs> Can't argue so, with you so there. So what's the, I'm just what's the love I affair? Mean, I'm just asking. <laughs> what's man, the love affair with J.J. Watt all about, from, though? A man's a half What's a sack away from the, the the most dubious record in football, and he doesn't even get a vote? Come on, stop it. This yeah. Is, I mean, listen, you but, bring up a good point, but what's what the love affair? What's, you know, the, what, what's the love affair with J.J. Watt about, though? What, what's that all about? Uh, he does it all, I guess. You know, it's the you know long, lean Justin Jack. I mean, he has a name like a great – Western hero like John Wayne, Justin James Watt. <laughs> I mean, well, six, five, well, two eighty. Yeah. You know, five percent body fat, vertical jumps, thirty six inches. You know what it is. I mean, whatever the measurement are. Catch the ball with one hand, bat balls, catch, pick the ball on full defense, run it back, running twenty miles an hour. They showing you on TV. I mean, come on, he, he's Steve Austin. <laughs> well, I think you touched on something, though. He's, he's an easy guy to market for the league. I mean, the league likes to market, you know, their product, and he's an easy guy to market. And I, I do think it – I think fans who, who, you know, always want numbers. Chad and I talk about this all the time on the show with fantasy football. And for, for defensive players, fans don't really understand much. They understand interceptions. They understand sacks. They might understand tackles. They can't watch a guy and say, well, this they defensive – They don't watch a guy. They're watching a the quarterback bounce in the pocket. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and I what they see. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I used to be in the trenches doing work, and they were like, you don't play the run. I'm like, wow, how could you say such a thing? <laughs> how could you say such a thing? You just want the quarterback. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought that's why we was here, but I'll leave that alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, you know, you know, fans. The fans are so bright and they're so dumb at the same time, but uh, they're kind of what makes this whole they're thing They're being led by the blind. Around. That's the whole point. They're being led by the yep. blind because the people that produce the shows don't know what to look for in the trenches either. Tell me somebody. No. I mean, like Mark Lorette said something the other day that you know baffled them. The, the greatest off the greatest athlete on a football field is an offensive lineman. What Russ, Russ Grimm said in his Hall of Fame speech: to move a man from point A to point B against his will is not just brute strength; it's technique and skill. Well, well maybe they're thinking, the greatest something. And I, I'm but sitting not there thinking, like, what about, what about the, the D lineman that you can't lay a hand on, and then you got to ask the other guy to help you with, and then he's splitting the double team and still we can have it. Right. We can call him. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, I mean. But, but you know, I, that just, that's just what I that, – that was my retort to that. I don't mind you calling yourself the greatest athlete on the football field. No problem. Put the tape on. Well, yeah. Warren, let me ask you. That, that brings, that brings the interesting question. That's all I say. You've been involved in, in – some you know big time television productions so you know do any of these guys or many of them know anything because we sit here a lot of times it ain't sexy and they 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 run in the same show off both networks and they're competing against each other see if you'll turn the channel well yeah it just Hmm. seems like you got a bunch of guys talking about nothing and and many times the talking heads the guys like me who didn't play it's it's like they don't know a thing about football i mean you're afraid that it'll get too esoteric yeah there you go. There's yeah. a word for you. Google that one, everyone. Esoteric. Yeah. 
dropped on that, that would be that would be the, that, that's the one thing that you know more than anything they they don't want to become too esoteric too too football talkish to where you're sitting here talking about a Z post and a uh, X dig, you know what I'm saying? Nobody knows what that is. You know what I'm saying? They, and, they, and then, they are then loading the cover too. You know, you got to have the protection because it's going to take the dig a long time to get there. You know, nobody knows that's an 18 yard dig, but we do. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing that they you stop can't you from get to that like point. That, so you, you have to personalize it with stories. So that's why you hear a lot of guys they, talk about when they play. Right. Yeah. Right. Do they stop yeah. you from getting too technical when when you're trying to go that? No, route? you just run out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me, you you don't have 45 seconds. No way. Yeah, they'll just yeah. cut for yeah. you. In 45 seconds, you are you are running it. You, you, I mean, you better be in a, a little segment if you get 45 seconds. No yeah. Way. No. I, uh, you're yeah, right. You're it does go, it does go yeah. by quick. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right, listen, we've been talking about I'm listen, I know you played the game. I know you were a big free agent at one point. I know you made a move from one team to the other. I think you and I can safely agree and say that it wasn't uh it wasn't a great move for you. The results didn't pan out maybe now, the way you thought. Did I know that Derek Brooks was going to hit him and break uh, and push his fourth vertebrae into his fifth or the fifth into his fourth? I had no idea. Or he wouldn't slide going into the goal line. I know all quarterbacks get courage in the red zone. They think about scoring. Mm. But Derek Brooks mm. is in the middle of the defense. You, you, I mean, you're not you're not shaking him. And he tried to shake uh, him. No, and, I get it. I mean, if I, I get it. If Rich Gannon is there, I win some football games. But you telling me mm. I get Mosiasa Topu? And then it's Aaron Brooks, and then it's Andrew <laughs> Dufresne, and then it's whatever other quarterback. You know, I had 11 of those 17 quarterbacks since they went to the Super Bowl. Wow, you really, you really dug up some guys there for us. I forgot some oh, of those guys. Me, buddy. I oh, you did, well, man, but Zach, hey, Zach's old, man. He's old. I, I started my career. He's old guy. On, I'm older than both of you, and I forgot I, those guys. You, you pull out my list of quarterbacks I played with, and you'll cringe. <laughs> hey, but no, let's 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 talk about this though. You went from Tampa, you went to Oakland, and obviously Oakland was not Tampa. The system was different and all that. How there much wasn't a how system. much of a big deal is that? Well, yeah, how much of a there big deal is that? Because we're watching DeMarco I mean, Murray struggle, we're watching Graham struggle, we're watching Sue struggle. What's up with that? What oh no 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 no, no 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 no. Let's not do that. The one guy I'll say is the system doesn't fit him because DeMarco Murray was he benefited from a great offensive line. Let's just be honest mm-hmm. about it. I mean, he benefited from a oh, yeah, great we, offensive we line. About the that. Dallas we, Cowboys, we knew that going in. We said, they, listen, he's they, a good The Dallas that's... Cowboys have a great offensive line. And when you're getting the ball handed off to you and no one's – I mean, you don't even see color for three yards. I mean, what are you saying? <laughs> I mean, right. And then you go up to Chip Kelly and he's got this. That's the thing that you have to do as a free agent. You have to figure out, okay, how am I going to you know, go about this thing, you know? But I made a decision on the second day of free agency. I wasn't about to linger out on the free agent market like a piece of meat. You know, I had a dude calling me like, hold on, just wait, just wait. You know, the Giants, the Giants are going to call. I'm like, man, I ain't got time to be sitting around and waiting on nobody to call in free agency. I'm going to take this check and go. It don't right. matter at that mm-hmm. point. I mean, my resume said I'm a world champion, seven straight Pro Bowls. What else could I do in this game except tarnish a great legacy, you know? I try not to do that by going to Oakland, but hey, that's what it was. All right, had you but, not, but had you, you have not to won pick that a system Super Bowl. that no, no, but you have to pick a system that worked for you. Demarco Murray was sitting there mm-hmm. thinking, "I'm as good as Shady. I can do what Shady did in this system." No, you exactly. ain't. Exactly. You ain't. You ain't that. Yeah, you exactly. ain't a, a, a scatterbug like that. You, you're more downhill, one cut guy. And Dallas gave you that that possibility. Warren, you know, we, we Chad and I have said on our show, and let me see if you agree or disagree. 
we've said this is a classic case, unfortunately, because I'm, by the way, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, but we, we've said that this is a classic case of both sides are losers. I mean, other than the money part, he got a lot of money, but he's probably going to struggle in Philadelphia. They let an all-pro guard, Mathis, go. Why? I have no idea. Um, and Dallas, to be honest with you, I'm watching the guys they have running the ball. Um, unless there's a humongous hole there, they don't look like they know what they're doing back there. Oh, listen, when you talk about running the football, you have to get used to running the football. DeMarco Murray had all those carries last year, so nobody got a look behind this offensive line. Right. Nobody mm-hmm. got to look at mm-hmm. behind this offensive line. It at full speed, it road grading, it's feeling good. The thing that the Cowboys got to do is come up with better play calls. Because when you run the ball, and I'm a diehard, I've been a Cowboy fan, so I would knee-hot to a jackrabbit. So, I mean, when you talk Cowboys, I mean, you right in my alley. Run the football. Run it. You mean be persistent. Don't just run don't it. Just, yes, just run keep it running until, it. And when they think you're going to pass it, run it again. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you just. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to put yourself in a position, especially when you don't have your quarterback. I'm like, come on, what else you gonna do other than put it on the O line, run it. Right. Yeah, and let that, let, let those guys get year. lathered up. Yeah. I, you know, you got sense. to. And then now the running back knows. Okay, I'm gonna stretch it that way, and then peek back and see if Big Boy done cut him off more than cut him off, or he at the next level. And then that gives me a chance to, to fill this thing out. That's yeah, why all uh, running backs I, I, want the ball so many times. They want to be able to feel where they're going. That's well, what I'll I tell thought you the thing. Cowboys did last year when they came yeah. in with DeMarco Murray. Because they, they, you, you and I talked about it. They were light on running the ball, and they made some kind of a commitment to running it. And it, it wasn't they ran the ball, and then it, you know, it was not successful, so we're done with run for the rest of the no, game. They, they kept, kept running going. the ball. They committed to it. Right, exactly. So. Uh, that's the deal. What do you say though about because I you know I got a lot of local listeners here and the Dolphins are a tragedy and uh, talk radio is on fire down here about how they suck. But their biggest free agent signing over the year, Nadama Kongsu, is in there and he's not getting it done. What have you seen from him and what's the problem right now? Okay, with the big I, 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 I heard something you know a couple of weeks ago like he wasn't running the plays or something. How, well, how did that go? But I, 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 you know, I, I, I don't keep my head to the ground like I used to anymore because you know I got a lot more free times and the babies is out and you know well, football left season. For us, and stuff. Yeah, less left for us to wonder because they're one and three and they just no, dumped no, no, their no. coach what did over they the Atlantic. About him not running the defensive plays like he went rogue a they couple times was, with them. They said he was freelancing. They said he was freelancing. They didn't really go too much more past that. He he That's denied not that where they he left was it at right there. But I mean, you Pretty look much. at him on tape and he's the same guy he was in in Detroit. He's a straight bull rusher that requires no double team because he's going to run right down the middle of a 300-pound man. But now here's the mm-hmm. thing that offensive linemen are doing. They're realizing it and using his aggressiveness against him. I've seen him on the ground more this year than I've ever seen him. Well, explain that so. to the listeners. How do you let somebody explain how, how would a, uh, an offensive lineman allow a defensive lineman to use that against him? All right, like if you mashing and running up the field and want to go through me, I'm going to get in front of you now, and then I'll just open the gate and, like, Swing you down, like open the gate and push you on the back, and then yeah, you're going to the ground right. because right. now I've opened the door. Like the like Barkley used to do, what they call it, pull the chair, and the guy be mm-hmm. trying to back mm-hmm. into him, and then you scoop right. the ball and walk like that, and then they throw him mm-hmm. on the ground. You saw that play up the middle when uh, who was that? Jacksonville went up the middle, and Washington did it too. Mm-hmm. So it's a copycat mm-hmm. league. I mean, once once the cat's out of the bag, that this is how we play you. It's coming, and then if you don't have a counter for it. 
then Dolphin fans and his get used game, to it. His game is a lot different than yours. I mean, you 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 were you were one of the nimblest and fastest. Yeah, you were you were about. I mean, you just you had tremendous quickness. I mean, it was unbelievable, like a cat. And I mean, he's just <laughs> what you're saying is he's more just a guy that's going to say I'm going to run you right over. The middle of you. I'm going right through the middle of you. Yeah. Right, well, listen, and then a couple as, times as, he'll do you, a swim move over the top, but other than that, it's nothing. I'm going to give you my look, my novice uh, look at it as a defensive back in the times that I've watched Warren Sapp, because i got to admit, I've had, to, I've had the times where I wondered why he was this good. He's 6'2". He's not, uh, he's not built like other defensive tackles. You know, the Adonis is. But I wanted to know why he was always in the damn backfield. And what I've noticed was his hands never stopped moving. He's like Steven Seagal. In the, I don't know if they, spit, if they sped up Steven Seagal movies, but his hands were always moving, so you could never get a good grip on him. It's like, uh, it's like the little kid when he was outside playing and you tell him it's time to go take a bath and you're trying to go corral the kid and he's got every move in the book on you. It's kind of what Sap was like when I watched him playing in the trenches. You're just not going to get a solid block on him. So it was a constant fight to get a grip on this guy. So uh, that's not just, the you know, I just want to tell – I just want to call Dolphin fans and South Florida football fans, whenever they watch two, other than Bull Rush, what do they see? Uh, yeah, that would be an it's interesting point. question because – Everyone dumps it on on the uh, on the on the defensive coordinator and now the the coach who's been axed. Um, what are you seeing from this guy? You were so happy to have Nothing. him here and thought that you know uh, what are you seeing? So the same thing that, you saw that, in, in in Detroit. He's bull rushing. The same thing he did in the Dallas football. I mean playoff game, which was a great game. But he bent every back in Dallas. I mean he just bull rushed him. Just bull rushed <laughs> him right back. That's yeah. what he is. Well, if I remember yeah, that game correctly, I, 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 from what I remember, I think Ryan Leary had a, a, a lot of trouble with him. Oh, he was bending his back, just taking him right back into the lap yeah. of the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. He loves yeah, put, going put, through a, a, a lineman. I mean, he loves throwing him on the ground, everything. He loves kicking people, too. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've noticed that. We've he noticed. Did, he, yeah, he his athletic career too. did start as a soccer player. And I, I, I think know. He misses uh, it first generation athlete. I, I mean, I know they played a great game. It's a beautiful game, but not when you're playing football. <laughs> hey, listen, he loves you Someone else, we're not. I've seen him keep running back going through the lot. hole. I mean, trust me. I, 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 <laughs> trust me I, made, I made a real. What I was doing, and it said Sue loves to kick. <laughs> I had about I had about ten, twelve plays. Did you really? Yeah. Good grief. He yeah, has some anger. Yeah. There's but no doubt about that. I'm looking. I used to go from Sue to YouTube. McCoy up to see the kid up in New York. And then I go see uh, Big Boy up in Buffalo. Then I come back see Watt down in uh, Houston. That's how I watch my tape. You know, I follow the. Then go see Fletcher Cox up in Philadelphia. You know, I go check him. Then I go see Aaron Donald now over in Seattle. That's how I go around the league with the D tackles that I watch. And then I go see Big Casey down in uh, Tennessee. Then I go down and check what Brian Cox is doing with the young kid uh, 77 down there in Atlanta. So you know, mm-hmm. that's how I go around. Hey, I got this question for you. Uh, we all played with fireworks when we were a kid, but when you became an NFL no, no, football no, 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 player, no, no. were you lighting we all any fireworks? fireworks. No, no, no. There's a difference. Lighting fireworks and playing with fireworks is two different things. Were you lighting no, fireworks, any fireworks is not a when toy. you became an NFL You don't play with fireworks. Did, I'm a did father you light now. I, I have to talk in father terms. <laughs> <laughs> you well, light fireworks. I don't play with fireworks. You light fireworks. You like fireworks. You don't play with fireworks. Fireworks is not a toy. Yeah. You don't play with them. You don't light them in your hand. 
Yeah, true. Only fireworks I play with now at this time is probably giving my wife the wrong answer on a couple of questions. Only fireworks really that I play with. So tell me, why would this man light a firework in his hand and, and, and blow off some of his digits? Knock what, on what, wood. Knock on, knock on wood. He is of yeah. Asian descent, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, 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 I'm saying. I mean, Jason, don't say, I don't Jason say this in a, in a foul Paul, manner yeah, like, would, you know, Haitians blow their hands off or anything like that. I'm saying, you know, maybe he didn't grow up like we did doing the Roman candle, you know, fight in the street and actually having the mm. little firecracker, the little bitty ones, you know, the little cheap ones with the all, all red, all blue with the little stars on them, mm. not even the black cats because you couldn't afford the black cats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, wait a you, second here, you, Warren. You, I know no, you're no, a big no, tough no, football no, no. player. And you, figure out, and you figure out because the cheap fireworks have the worst fuses in the world. They wait do. a second they here. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, 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 you have to listen to me. Those black, those blue, those blue and all blue ones with the stars on them and the all red one with the stars up and down them, those ain't the black cow ones. Those are cheap fireworks. Ten, nine out of ten, as soon as you light it, it's going to go, pow. I mean, yep. you don't even have time. I mean, it doesn't matter how long the fuse is. Soon as you light it, it goes pow. He's right. You learn real that. quick. You learn real quick. There's no chance of you lighting this and throwing it at your friend. <laughs> well, well, wait a um, second, though. You're true. confusing me because I know you're a tough football player, but you didn't purposely light these fireworks in your hand. You start, you're saying they just went off on you. No, no, no. You figured out that you had no chance of lighting it in Got your it. hand and throwing it. Because that was the game. We was playing Roman candle fight where you're shooting them at each other. You know, you're standing across the, the fence of the lawn or the street. You know, and you, you, you're doing your little firework war. But you want to throw firecrackers at them. So what do you think, JPT? You think he had a cheap quarter stick of dynamite or something? No, he I, think he had a, I think he had a nice size uh, M8, M60, one of them big boys. Yeah, that's what I mean. A quarter, yeah, like a quarter and, stick. And he, and he caught one with a quick fuse. Oh. Yeah. Is his career over, do you think? You know what? I'm going to see because, you know, I saw his tweet the other day say I never remember needing my index finger to sack a quarterback. You know, I got a hundred and two and a half of them, and I never remember getting one without it. So <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what you got, young fella. I mean, it's going to be uh, something yeah, we've that... never seen before. Let's go. You know I mean, what I like? We're talking about Lott's finger. Ronnie Lott cut off the tip of his pinky. Yeah. The tip of his pinky. Mm-hmm. Just a tip now. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chad, you know what I like about this guy? He's like an accountant because he knows exactly that he had 102 and a half sacks. That is impressive. Well, that's no man Because if you look at my resume, it'll say 96 and a half. But I, I include my, my my playoffs because I have to include my world not? championship when you why get not? my you resume. Why not? They count I'm, like, it? I'm like Deacon Jones, baby. I'm from Orange County. I count every last one of them. <laughs> All right, well, that, you let's, should. Let's, 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 now let's do this. The name of the segment is Straight Talk, and Straight the, talk. and and the topic I want you to be <clears throat> the real the realest and the straightest on right now is one of the hottest topics down here. You know, outside of Philbin being fired and the Dolphins suck, is that our school, the one you He's and next. I played at, next. lost lost to Cincinnati last Thursday. W- w- come on, give me give me, give me your quick assessment of what's going on down there. They stormed the field, Chad, in Cincinnati. They I saw it looked like the ants field running on the field on national TV, and they played with a backup quarterback. Who's pretty good, though, by the way. He did hey, hey, everybody loves a backup until he throw one. 
<laughs> hey, I gotta ask you this. You brought you brought up that they stormed the field. How would you have felt if they won oh, that no, game and didn't no, bother no, to storm no. the field? You know what? what if I they mean, didn't storm the field? I mean what? <laughs> what if they didn't storm the field? I mean, where would you think we are as a program if Cincinnati beat us no, at no, home no, no, on Thursday no, no. night Cincinnati and they didn't was bother? 11 the versus the University of Miami. Uh, now that's something that escaped me, but uh, yeah, we didn't know that. Why, that. why would they beat us? We've in the never, we've never beaten Miami. Yeah. When you've done something that never, ever, ever happened, mm-hmm. and it's Thursday, that I mean, nobody's True. going to class tomorrow. Yeah. So well, let me see. Let me see if we can. Warren, we want to see if we can pitch you. Even storm the field that night. We want to see if we can piss you off here about Miami, though. We have Listen, questions dog. for you. Chad Listen, and I have been talking about Miami for a few shows now. And I don't know what defense they play. That's this is the problem with me. How can you walk into somebody's home as a as a University of Miami recruiter, coach, defensive line? I want to know what the D line coach says to a a prime you know defensive tackle in America. I I know what my selling pitch would be if they ran the defense that we we used to run. I say, son, you can mm-hmm. be Jim Burke, who was a great player. Ruben Carter, great nose tackle. Both of them. Jim Burke, Ruben Carter, great nose tackle. You could be Russell Mallon, the number one pick in the draft, Cortez Kennedy, a Hall of Famer, or Warren Sapp, a first ballot Hall of Famer. But you don't play the defense. Mm-hmm. You don't play the defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The defensive linemen are taking a dump in their stands. <laughs> How are you supposed to build a I, camp three yards in the backfield? They don't it. play Kane, so he – oh, my God. Is, does it all boil down defense? to that, though? Does it all no. boil down to that? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just play a system in which somebody can recognize, and then we can figure out what's wrong with it. Hello? True. Yeah. I, mean, I, I got it. Hello? I, when it's I all hate smoke admit- and mirrors and nobody wants to identify who defense is here, if it's Denafio's or it's Al's defense, which my, my gut feeling tells me is Al's, because uh-huh. Denafio ain't got an answer. Right, I do feel that it's it, it's it's, it's Al's. Al's, but and this man yeah. and this man's taking the bullet for him. Well, hey, uh, you know, it, we it, have it all rolls downhill. Our question is, it all rolls downhill, so it's got to be dumped on Al and then let it trickle to his to his staff. It's got to stop at Al. But our question is more about the direction of the program, and that here's what Chad and I've seen. Right now, when you guys were at Miami, and from that period of the golden age of 1979 through 2004. They, you know, there was an unprecedented run of success between Miami and, and basically Florida State, which made the rivalry it was great. Once that ended, it almost seems like, you know, what is their selling point now with recruits? They, they don't have the facilities of the SEC schools that they recruit against, and they're never going to. It's just a different type of school. Um, is, is it harder now for them to, to, to get the kids from South Florida and Florida in general than it was when you guys played there? When you're losing to Cincinnati on national TV and they storm in the field and now you got to go to school and there's Gators and Seminole fans there and you got to get berated, <laughs> trust me, mm-hmm. it changes the recruit's mm-hmm. mind. You're like, yeah, you're right. I, I, can't, I, can't, I yeah. can't help them. It ain't yeah, about the facilities. It ain't about the facilities. Trust me. Because I remember when Duke Johnson was being recruited, he told people, don't even, don't even call my mama's house, don't even worry about it, I'm going to the U. Right. When you well, have, it's never been about that. It was never about that. It was us. never about the I mean, facilities because if you go for facilities, that's what you go to the NFL for and a big check. Yeah. My but if you just want to lay around in a nice hot tub with Alabama on the wall, then you ain't going to school to do nothing except uh, 
I don't know. Steak eat. Yeah, That's yeah, what we used to call ma- it. Eat steak on the relax. road and hang out. Right. Hey, Mo, our last year, Sap and I's last year at Miami, we our locker room was a trailer. Um, and, and and the weight room had never really been that. It certainly wasn't what it was now. So we weren't there for the facilities. We were there because we knew guys came here and they got better. They became better football players and they went and played in the NFL. And oh, by well, the, the way, we kicked a lot of merit and we won a championship. Yeah. It, you can get an it was Alabama. And meet some of the most wonderful people on earth. It's a great yeah. place to get an education. It's a great place that's a little south of Miami. You know what I'm saying? Because I had to tell my mom that. I said, Mom, it's not in Miami. It's Coral Gables. It's right. <laughs> you know, because right. in the it, 90s, I hate you know, they it. were talking about the crime rate. You know, I had to convince Mom. Yeah. It's going to be all right. I'll be cool. Don't worry. I ain't got no car. Well, Warren, I'm only around. asking because, frankly, I'm old, a little older. I'm 47. I'm older than both of you guys. And I don't get kids today when I hear the stuff with the facility stuff because I'm thinking if I'm going to play football, I can only try to look at it through my eyes. I want to become the best player I can play and get a good education. I mean, I'm with you. I don't understand why. Oh, well, they have a nice weight room. Well, who cares? I need weights to lift. I don't need a, You know, I don't need it to be painted pretty. I, mean, I tell you what, though. But when you come from a high school like I did in Apopka, which we got some better facilities now, but when I when I went there, the weight room was the size of my living room right now. You know what I'm saying? So right. I mean, and when you go, if you go somewhere like that, and it's, oh, I mean, it could be overwhelming. I mean, like, when I first went to the University of Florida and I went to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, I was like, whoa. I'm like, right. I went to East Lansing, Michigan State. You know, Bobby Williams recruited me up there. I went up there, and I'm like, whoa. I mean, I mean, but it was it, hey, really, Scott, nice. That's it. really, that's, really nice. That's I mean, nice first. things, but I, I was is, looking but, for a place that's I can go be home. First. Huh? Yeah, that's your feeling. That's your feeling at first. But once you get in there on campus, what what good are great facilities? You are gonna lift and get the hell out of there. It the, the facilities. No, great. you know it that be now. Not, I can't bring some. But when you but no man, I could, come can on, I bring man, females stop, to the facility? Stop, can man, I stop. can I bring? Come on, Sap. Sap, hold on. Can I bring females to the facility? If I can't, how long I'm gonna be there? Come stop. On now. You're not even I thinking bring, about females at this point. What are you thinking? When you get there on campus, hell yeah, you are. Don't hey, look, don't play with me. I mean, I understand once we look at orientation and you're looking at 2,500 students and 1,800 to 1,500 of females, and you're like, oh, right, and you're doing math. I I got that. I I, I know that feeling. But when you're making the judgment to go, you're not thinking about that at that point. No, no, this is true. This is true. I will give you. You already made the decision, and you you make it off facilities and the lies and the promises that are told to you. Yeah. Hey, look, there's a lot of lies. That's a dirty business. A lot of lies. I, I, a lot I, of I, lies. Listen, Sab, I hate to admit this to you. I know we got Miami fans listening. And I don't care how they feel about it. I'm just giving Uh-oh. you the facts. I went to I went to watch Florida play Ole Miss on Saturday night because my son goes there, so I'm going to go to his games. And I'm watching. And, Sap, that damn defense that I watched for Florida, that looked Biden. like us. That Biden. looked more like us than, than us. You know, you know who's close? You know who up there, right? Oh, I will listen. You, you, you know, it's the guy that brought me there. But damn it, man, they were in the. But the D line was in the backfield. They couldn't breathe. They couldn't they run that, the ball. That's why they I asked you. How are you gonna build a camp three yards deep in the backfield if you taking a dump in your stands? Yeah, that that's exactly what it was, man. They couldn't. It, no, I, it, man, look, Brian I'm gonna sound like Jim Moore. Like a beast. I, I know it. I'm going to sound like Jim Moore. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. They when they threw the ball, squat. they lost yards. They when they, it was squat. ridiculous. They yeah, couldn't, couldn't do, do diddly, diddly squat. squat. 
and this is this is an offense that was running up 530-something yards a game, scoring 53 points a game. And they were talking about the D-tackle Ole Miss. Ole Miss, well, I want to see him yeah. roll. Ball like, no, no, the Gators I was watching. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean. You know, that that that's what it was, man. That's what it was. Well, listen, the last thing I know we want to touch on, and Amo wants to touch on this too, is our boy out there in San Francisco who lost his coach, Jimmy Harbaugh, and right now looks like a tragedy. Now, we used to say this when he was going good, Amo, is that when Colin Kaepernick dropped back for a play for San Francisco, it looked like there wasn't an actual play. It looked like something we did when we were kids. He's going to drop back and run around and just find someone to break in the clear. There was no set anything, and that's the kind of football he played, and now he's not getting away with it. When you look at Colin Kaepernick, tell me what you see. How about their running game, period? Well, we know that's gone. Well, that was the key because that was a decision that, as a defender, you you check into the San Francisco 49ers, you go, all right, we got to stop Frank. Let's put on a big boy pass. They're going to run this thing, and if we give him a crack, Frank going to bust the crack, and we're in trouble. So now you have that mentality, and now he pulls this thing out, and you got a deer out here on the edges getting it. And now you're like, uh, now we got to deal with him on the edge? So now there's no mm-hmm. running game. Oh, it's easy. Now we just focus on the deer and put the headlights up, and he's stuck. But, but when you watch him play, I mean, I guess what we're saying is their whole offense, it reminds me of like, okay, you and the three of us go outside. We're, you know, we're playing three-on-three like kids, and I say, okay, Warren, Go down 10 yards and hook up. Uh, Chad, you go down the sidelines and just run a fly as far as you can, and then I'm going to pick one of you out and throw it. It just looks like a stand football Guess game. What? Guess what the thing about that is, AC? Colin's not drawing this thing up. He's just running it. True. I think he's going. I, I don't think he's running what they what what the plays are. Like he's dropping back, doesn't read, and I'm going to just run around until someone breaks wide open like you would do in the street. Mm-mm. That's what it looks like to me. Mm-mm. Then you need you need to get you a rewind a replay or something and then check the top copy. Hey, he sure loved the, the Arizona Cardinals DBs the other week. I know that. Huh? He was sending he was sending all of them to the Pro Bowl at that game against Arizona. Sending every hey man, DB whenever you on play your, whenever you play your division, if you got a predictable uh, set of plays that your offensive coordinator like to run and the mm-hmm. other D coordinator is real aggressive about it, yeah, they can make you look like they, you know the plays. Yeah, no doubt about it. I've, I've been there. <laughs> but Warren, it just doesn't seem like he goes through. I mean, from what I can see, trying to watch him and figure out what's going on. I mean, it seems like he doesn't really go through progressions. It seems like he looks at his first read, and if it's not there immediately, I got this for you, boss. You got about three seconds, and it's a high low, or or in out, or top to bottom. I mean, this ain't. I mean, they get down in the red zone last week, and it's a seven nothing game, and the left tackle gets beat like a drum. Right. I mean, gets beat like a drum. And then it's second and 15. You see what I'm saying? In the red zone. Do you think he would be best? What what I'm hearing from you is you think this guy can be saved, but it's not going to be in San Francisco. He needs to get out of there. Listen, I think think it's a good spot. And then on the second and 15, they run crossing routes into space, and then nobody finds the space. Right. (laughs) Listen, then when you just got got smashed with your left tackle not protecting you, that ain't a real comfortable spot for a quarterback. Once the, yeah, once the left uh, tackle gets beat, it's like, okay, it's going to be a very long day because I know my guards ain't what they used to be and the right tackle's not. So if my left tackle, who's who's the best thing I got on the line, Staley, if he can't hold up the day, then it's going to really be a long day. And then it's Peppers and whoever else they're sending over here with Green Bay. 
I mean, sometimes you get a bad matchup and things happen, but Collins should be okay. Because the thing I heard at the end of the Harbaugh was, Harbaugh was telling him, you drop back and this is where the ball goes. Mm, mm. That's never good. Yeah. Never good. And if yeah, you watch, that, that's and if you good. watch him play in his last year, it looked like that. Like he was like, I don't want to throw it here, but I got to throw it here. You see what I'm saying? Right, so you, right, right. So you right. think well, that's basically the schooling of Harbaugh saying, listen, y- y- you don't think I'm telling you that the ball's going there. And he's no, just, no, he's, no. I just heard this, that when it was being diagrammed to him, when we run this play right here, this is where the ball goes. Mm. Well, that, you know, like I said, that's never really ever worked out. But it, it kind of worked never. out while he was there. Never. All right, before never. you slide out on us, the well, final question is this. Uh, we said what we said about Miami, but Florida State isn't lighting it up either. Can Miami beat Florida State in this game in Tallahassee on Saturday? Sure we can. Will it happen? See, now Play you're God asking God. me more. See, now you're asking Play me God all God kind of, me. you know, prognosticating <laughs> and all this here. But I, I, I want to see us go get into a game, and then let's see what happens. Because it seems like every time we get into a game, something goes horribly wrong. And it continuously go horribly wrong. And then it gets out of hand yeah. to where now it's over. When we lost the game. Well, because you're our special guest, I'm gonna I'm gonna preempt our Friday show and let a cat out of the bag. Not that the audience they're here for you. I'm calling for Miami a Miami upset on on Saturday. I'm not even sure what that's gonna mean, but uh, I yeah, no that, there you go. I, I, all right, all right, all right. Uh, what, what, what do you base this off? Uh, I just, you know what, I don't like what I've seen from Florida State this year. Uh, you know, not that Miami's been, been killing it, obviously. We just oh, yeah, yeah. About- so, so I, I got, let me let me see if I can read between the lines here, because I, I used to do this pretty good. Let me see if I can read between the lines. You got a team in Florida State who's not very efficient right now, and they're not playing very well, and then they're going to look at Miami like this is a joke team, and then, therefore, they play like Mickey Mouse, run around the, the park, and then all of a sudden Miami realized we're in a football game, we're not at Disney World, and we make a couple plays and, and, and get it. Right, they're going to treat Miami with not the respect that a rivalry necessarily needs to be treated with. And they hit the nail on the head. I mean, this is a team that beat Wake Forest 24-16. You've been saying that that the last five years then, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) Damn. You sound like Jet fans. <laughs> Next year we gonna do it. You sound like Jet fans. <laughs> hey, I'm not man, a Miami. Hey, I'm not a Miami man, guy. I just, said we beat, I didn't, hey, Luke I didn't said say we you were. I'm just telling 50. you what you sound like. <laughs> man, Luke said Luke said we're beating Florida State by 50. That's what he said. No, you saw no, that no. Listen, man. Luther Campbell is from Liberty City, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bleed orange and green, but he bleed a deeper orange and green than me. You know what I'm saying? This is his home. Yeah, this is where he growed up way. on. You know, I was in Orlando. They were they were fooling me. I was watching the Bobby Bowden show. It wasn't no University of Miami show. You know, I watched yeah. the Bobby Bowden yeah. show on Sunday morning when my mother didn't make me go to Sunday school and church. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Well, listen, man, this was a great first segment. It was. It was. This was supposed to be 15 minutes, and look what we did. All right. See what I don't happened. Know. I don't look at no clock. On? Right. Uh, well, apparently, <laughs> apparently we don't either. <laughs> so, hey, listen, great having you on. We're looking forward to doing this every Tuesday because you just you bring the real, and it's always good to have some real, especially when you're on radio. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for having me. All right, Sap. We'll we'll see you next Tuesday, man. CAC. All right. Bye bye, Warren. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Hit us with the yeah, yeah on the way out. You gotta love it, Warren Sap. He is Great right. You know, you, you know what? He, he called me out on that because basically I've been thinking this for three years now that Miami's going to beat Florida State. 
Man, you've been holding that flag. You've been holding it tighter than me. Uh, I know. On, on this radio show for the last three years, and you're making me look like bad alumni. But um, I deal more with truths. I get more. I think more irritated than the general fan. And I know fans get angry at me about saying things that aren't the greatest about it. But you know what? I love my kids. Sometimes I say some things to them that's real, that is not the nicest in the world. Because why? I want them to fix it. I want you. Right. To, you know, I want those things fixed, and that's really what it is. You know, if I didn't care about my kids, I wouldn't tell them that it was impolite to do this, that, and the other. Or I, or I wouldn't tell them that uh, maybe you don't want to say that, or you don't want to do that, or maybe you don't want to ride in a car with this individual. I tell them these things because I want it. I want it fixed. I want it changed, and I want them to be right. And it's the same thing with the University of Miami. I don't say it just to say it. I just want these things fixed. I don't want to I don't want to see us lose to Cincinnati. I don't want us to be 6 and 7. It's not what I want. So, you know, if I can give an analogy that a fan out there with a kid could understand, that's basically what it is. So. And I, and I'm going to give you some truth, not not a, uh, you know, not wait, not saying it cuz he's on the show, but I as an adult, let's say in the last 20, 25 years, the two best defensive linemen I've seen were Reggie White and Warren Sapp. And uh, you look, I could definitely fall. You know, I already told you I love Warren Sapp. But other than that, outside of that little story, I, it was just really amazing to watch him do what he did. And you know what? I told you he was not built prototype. He was not a prototype defensive lineman. And I will say this to a lot of people because, you know, people have their opinions about Warren Sapp. I think the thing that made him the greatest out there in the field, he was super intelligent about the game of football understood what the other side had to do, understood what each step of an offensive lineman meant and what play was coming. And you know what? Really, that's the deal with all the great ones, um, and, and that was certainly the element that he had. Um, well, you know, you could just tell, you could tell talking to him, you know how I'm a baseball guy, and, you know, they'd say, like, when you talk to Ted Williams, he wasn't just a great hitter. He just understood hitting. I mean, he could tell you, you know, here's what the pitcher's trying to do to me. Here's what I want to do with my hands. And you can just tell in those little funny conversations we're having with him about linemen and stuff, things he's saying that this guy is someone who studies the game and the technique. It wasn't just about I'm I'm better than you physically. He he. You could just tell in the conversation, at least I could, that mm. th- this guy he knows. Probably this didn't. guy know. Yeah, he probably didn't know when he was playing, but I knew it. I could see it that at, when his playing days were over, and no one knows when that is. Uh, I knew he'd be either one of two things: he'd be someone on TV analyzing the game and talking about it because he knew so much, or he was going to be coaching it. I knew it was one of those two things. He may not have thought that. I don't know what he thought he would do after his career was over, but I knew it would probably be one of those two things. And um, you know, and his point about Sue was just so good. Like for someone like me, I mean, to hear that because after he said it, it's like, well, duh, how come I didn't pick up on that? He's right. I mean, he just and, runs and you're going to watch over. the games now. You're going to watch the games now, and you're going to be looking for exactly what it is that he said. That's what he is. He's, he doesn't go through half a man. He tries to go through the whole man. And uh, if you get now, now that these guys are striking back and figuring out ways to defeat it, he doesn't have – now he's got to come up with a counter move. And as of right now, he doesn't have it as a Miami Dolphin. So we'll just have to see. We're going to jump into a quick break. When we come back, it's the final segment of this Tuesday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay here with us. We'll be right back. My thing, calling all night. I can pull the wool while I'm being polite. Like, darling, calling all night. I can be a fool while I'm being polite. Like, oh me, oh me, oh my. I know many women want to be in my life. Like, oh me. You want the truth? Well, here it is. 
Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. That crowd roar as the gas house gorillas go up to bat again. Boy, what a game! Hey, well, guys our age could really appreciate that uh, episode of of uh, Bugs Bunny, who I thought was absolutely hilarious uh, growing up. But that was, that was the episode where Bugs Bunny played every position on the baseball field, and uh, and then also they ran into some <laughs> they they ran into a formidable opponent who just kept walking around the bases, crushing them. Hilarious. Love Bugs Bunny. Uh, yeah, love Bugs Bunny. One of the biggest smart asses you'll ever come across in your life. All right. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about the NFL um, and the games that went down this weekend. Now now we can talk about our picks. We can definitely do that. Um, we both had a pretty good weekend NFL-wise. It was something that was sorely needed. Can we agree on that? We we, we needed to come correct. Well, first of all, just hold yeah, overall, together. we had a great weekend. We gave out 12 picks and won nine of them. I mean, you can't beat that. But, yeah, we were, we were both 2-1 and one in the NFL. Which we both needed. Um, we came into the week, you know, you were sitting at two and six, and I was two and seven because of uh, that one game that we, we we gave you a pass on. So uh, we needed a good week, and like we said, we both we both came out of here two and one for the for the week. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll go down my picks, and then you can touch on yours. You and I shared a game. I mean, we both we both had a feeling that uh, the Raiders were not ready to make back-to-back road trips, especially as a favorite, and uh, that certainly Insane. played out the. The Bears got the outright, but they were never really in jeopardy of not covering that game. They were either leading or right there the whole time, and uh, they beat the the Raiders outright. So we both got a win on the Bears plus three. Uh, my my loss for the week was uh, the game that uh, Mr. Sapp was making fun of. I figured that J.J. Watt and company would do would be right there with Atlanta. I just didn't think Atlanta after all the energy they expended the last couple of weeks, was going to blow Houston out. So I took Houston plus the six and a half. Yeah, I was totally was surprised by that one. One of the ones I was really surprised about, uh, you know, not only the win, but the, the the way in which they won. Not even close. Uh, so finally I, I got a winner with St. Louis plus seven, and this was a case, again, where I thought Arizona had played some weaker competition. They They won impressively, but I just felt, hey, this is a division game, and Jeff Fisher seems to do his best work as a coach. When he's an underdog, and sure, sure as heck, came into this game and seven-point underdog, they get the outright win. They send Arizona to their first loss of the year and get themselves right back in the division race. So, uh, two and one for me, and I'll gladly take it. I needed it. 
Yep. Um, we, we both needed it. I also had a two-in-one weekend. Um, I agreed. We, we both agreed on the uh, the whole Oakland deal. It just they they seemed out of place um, with with a you know being a favorite on the road. So um, I, I thought the Bears would get their act together. Now you say it was uh, kind of easy going. There were some tense moments there. It looked like no, Oakland I didn't mean easy going. But something. you know, the, the worst you were down is in that game. At one point, the Raiders had somehow taken a twenty to sixteen lead. But most of the game, the Bears were leading it. Then the Raiders came back, took that lead for briefly. Uh, we got it back to twenty to nineteen, and then down the winding, you know, ending moments of the game. It was really you. You kind of felt like unless Cutler throws a pick six here, I'm covering this, and I might even get the outright. That's all I meant. Yeah. So uh, basically, the Bears uh, were fighting for the season that they're, that's going to slip out of their hands anyway. But when, when you're in the first yeah, right. quarter of your season, <laughs> uh, you got a ball, man, because you already know at the end of the year the Bears are probably going to pack it up, or you know Cutler will pack it up and they'll all follow because that's just how things go there. Uh, the Washington Redskins pick was one I'm I'm, I'm was proud of. I felt like uh, it was time. Um, they're a better team than people thought they were, and I'm down on the Eagles this year, and, and rightfully so. Um, I did I did say that this would be the year that they would have next year, talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, but it's been accelerated. I've been able to see that here in the first three weeks, that they've got serious problems, and um, Philly was not going to go on the road and take on a Washington Redskins team that had – 10 days to prepare and was off of a division loss. I just couldn't see the Eagles walking in as a favorite in that situation, so I went with them. And then we already talked about what happened last night. Uh, Seahawks were the better team, definitely, in this game. They just couldn't get their act together enough on offense, and then offense caused the touchdown that eventually sunk my battleship. I thought I was on my way to a 3-0 weekend. So I'd have to settle for 2-1, and one, but that brings me to, what is that, 4-7 and seven so far? 4-7, and seven, I'm 4-8. and eight, But when you combine overall, we're both over 500, and early in the year, that's, that's you know, we always end up the year over 500, you and I. We, we usually, not to brag, we do a pretty good job on this. Early in the year, if you can just stay above 500 overall, you're happy because you're just learning what some of these teams are all about. And you're sitting at 14 and 12 when you count your college record. I'm sitting at 14 and 13. I'll take it at this point. You know, as the year goes on, I have a feeling we'll just stretch it out and, you know, do a good job with this. You start to get a feel for more of these teams as as you get more weeks under your belt. Well, we touched a little bit on some of the things that caught us by surprise. I think we did that yesterday some. But uh, right now, is there anything we didn't touch on here that catches you by surprise like for me? Uh, there have been a couple of things that have been a surprise, the biggest of which is the Carolina Panthers currently being undefeated. Now, mind you, they've not played the best the NFL has to offer, but nevertheless, no one was expecting anything out of Carolina, and uh, they're not working with the best talent on offense, especially losing Kelvin Benjamin, but here they are, a 4-0 football team. I don't know how much longer that's going to continue. They are going to Seattle. It's certainly a surprise to me. I mean, 4-0, I mean... What were they eight and eight last year? But that's that's the NFL, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's just one. It's year. It's a year to year deal, and you know, some of the franchises. Listen, the one common thread in the NFL is if you have a franchise quarterback, Brady, Rodgers, if they stay if they stay upright, you're going to be competitive every year. But other than that, when you're talking about the mid tier teams that just have, you know, like Cam is not an elite quarterback yet. It's a year-to-year deal. Some years they're eight and eight. Some years they're six and ten. And this year they're off to a good start. Now you said it best. They've played a fairly soft schedule out of the gate. Uh, they're at Seattle. 
then home with Philly, Indianapolis, and home with Green Bay. They got three straight home games, but uh, Green Bay and Seattle on bookends. I mean, this could this this probably can end pretty quickly. But yeah, I'm surprised right now. Yeah, uh, definitely by them. I've been a little bit surprised too by Cincinnati's start. Uh, I was putting them. I was telling them. I think you know you might have agreed with me on this. Is that the ship might have sailed here in the last few years, and Andy Dalton did a good job of not maximizing that. But uh, they're off to a pretty good start. Yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, I'm like you. I'm not a big believer in Cincinnati, but apparently they don't care because they're not listening to me. <laughs> they have their own design right. on what they want to be. Uh, so, yeah, right now, if, you, if you're sitting there, you know, studying the Bengals, you have to say that what they've done has been – Pretty good stuff. I mean, you know, they, they won at Baltimore. You know, the, the games they've they've won, they've looked good. Um, you know, they they have a game coming up. Uh, is everybody playing Seattle, or am I looking at the wrong? It, it looks it, it, it looks like it. Uh, they've got Seattle. They're going to Buffalo, and then they're taking on Pittsburgh. So that's going to be a rough three week stretch. That's going to threaten what they've started here. But uh, listen, when you're starting off at four and zero in this league, um, you're definitely putting yourself in a good position down the road. You're not winning them all. I mean, let's face it. This isn't college where you hope to go 12 and 0. I mean, the bottom line, the NFL, most even in good years, you're going to lose three to five games, and that's if you're having a really good year. So you're going to lose games. That's just the NFL. So you're right. If you get off to a 4 and 0 start, and the way they're playing, um, they've got to like their chances, especially when they're sitting in a division where the Steelers are two and two, and uh, the Ravens are one and three. I mean, they've got to feel really good at the quarter pole, saying, "Wow, we got a nice cushion here." against the you know the two teams they figured they'd be battling with for that division. Yeah, uh, and so that's uh really what it how it shook down. We admitted going into this thing that it wasn't a great week for NFL games, wasn't the greatest matchups um going on this week and it probably played out a little bit. I feel cheated next week way. to be honest with you. I mean, not just as me being a Cowboy fan, coming into the year I was really interested to see, you know, that Dallas New England game. I thought it would be you know, assuming Dallas is at full strength, just a great game to watch. And, you know, it's some of the luster's taken off that this coming week. I mean, you're kind of saying, well, I got Brandon Whedon, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Brandon Whedon, man, come on. You better you better start feeling that guy a little bit more. He's not that bad, you know. He, uh, I think he knows what he is. And you guys can well, take Wait, when I get to know Warren said, better, I'll tell you the biggest surprise of last week is that Warren came on the show and said that he thinks more of Kaepernick than you and me because it's hard for me to argue the first time I meet an NFL Hall of Famer. But I got to tell you, I ain't seeing it the same way as Warren. <laughs> oh, listen, neither neither am I. You know, and neither am I. But we're going to see who's right. Because you ask me, that guy's been a disaster, and now he still is a disaster, and the team's following. So it's one of those things where we'll just have to uh, agree to disagree with our new um, co-host on Tuesdays here, if I could say that. Because he, uh, look, we spent a great deal of amount of time with him on the show today, and it was definitely great having him on. Uh, we reached the end of this one, uh, man. Great first segment there with Sap because he definitely did give the straight talk. I tell you, he was a straight shooter, so um, he shot it straight. I, I guarantee, as we, get, as we get to know him better and get this segment going, we'll get into some more controversial subjects than just Demarco Murray's carries in Philadelphia. Oh, we will. We'll definitely we'll start grabbing some of the off-field stuff too, because you know, yeah, might have some interesting insight on that stuff. So, uh, definitely looking forward to the future. It was a great start to the segment. It was a great Tuesday. Not used to having you here on Tuesday, so I enjoyed um, it. Thank you, know. you for having me. Yeah, definitely. 
Definitely great having you on. We'd like to thank you all for listening. If you love the Gridiron Stud Show and you like what we did here today, we're asking you for just one favor. Go tell a friend. Tell a friend what we've got going on here. And uh, the more the merrier listening to the Gridiron Stud Show, a featured show on Blog Talk Radio for all of you listening today. Thank you for listening. For Emil Calamino and Warren Sapp, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Strangers have hit a desperate land. So all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen.